When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, we will kick off your NFL division around weekend with our game. We got the Texans and the Ravens, the young superstar quarterback C.J. Stroud against the MVP Lamar Jackson. That's Saturday coverage, 4.15 Eastern, ESPN ABC, ESPN Deportes, ESPN Plus, and so much more. Countdown gets your day started at 2 Eastern with ESPN and ABC. It is typically the best weekend of the year. Divisional weekend, everybody who belongs there yeah. will be there. More importantly, I hate the whole Dak Flack thing. When you say Deportes and you go into an accent, it's Deportes. one of my favorite things. Si quieres, hablar español toda la día, pero... That's up to you. Go. Uh, with that, we are live above the seaport, brought to you go. by Chase. Why are you looking oh, at me oh, like yeah. I'm impressed. <laughs> uh, that's the kind of thing you whip out every now and again, and no one sees it Did coming. Did you think it's, he was stupid? It's a terrific <laughs> Look, I didn't play wide receiver. I had to get here somehow. <laughs> All right. That, wait, what are we done in now? Mike McCarthy is coming back, and the whole world can't believe it. McCarthy will return as the Cowboys head coach in 2024, entering the final year of his contract. This after getting humiliated by the Packers in the wild card round. McCarthy now 1-3 in the playoffs with the Cowboys, but he's won 12 regular season games three straight years. Adam Schefter with us earlier this morning on Get Up. There began to be whispers about it the last couple of days that Jerry would not be making a change, and I think he made it readily apparent in a couple of things that he said yesterday. Number one, he believes in continuity, stability, and that Mike McCarthy has the highest winning percentage in the regular season of any coach in Dallas Cowboys history. That statement stayed with Jerry Jones. And he talked about the fact that it was not just Mike McCarthy that deserves the blame for Sunday's loss against the Green Bay Packers. It was Mike McCarthy. It was the rest of the coaches. It was the players. It was the front office. And Jerry Jones said it was himself. So all of them played a role. So all of that is true, which is to say that what Adam Schefter is reporting is accurate. That's what was said. However, what was said is not true. That was not a game, Dan, that was about the uh, front office. Right. That was not a game that was about whatever it was this Cowboys team is missing. I'm not suggesting it is perfect, but it was more than equipped to go out and win that game against the Green Bay Packers, a defense that allowed 30 points to Carolina three weeks ago. That was a game in which the coaching was the problem. They got their they got circles coached around them in that game, and that is why, to me, I am genuinely surprised that this is the decision they arrived at. I am as well, completely outcoached. And it wasn't like this game was a three-point loss, game-winning field goal, different conversation. They were outplayed from the very first drive of the football game in schematics and the way the game went. I'm surprised by the decision. We'll see in a year if that's the case. I have two things. Jerry Jones, please do not tell us that you'll do anything to go win a Super Bowl, that it's the most important thing. No, it's not. Comfort is the most important thing. Two, with this decision, this better be the most aggressive offseason in the history of the Dallas Cowboys. This better be the all-in year. This better be, hey, less need for the Los Angeles Rams, the general manager. What did you do to go rebuild your football team? Did you screw all the picks, and how did you go about it? The New Orleans Saints, who consistently pushed the cap forward. You better go figure out how they did, because you got holes on your football team. You're not close to winning a Super Bowl. 
versus the really good teams. You got your doors blown off. Don't talk to me about the Lions when you were gifted that win. Don't talk to me about the close loss to Miami. They were decimated by injuries. San Francisco blew you out. The Green Bay Packers blew you out. So don't sit here and tell us that there's nothing more important to you than a Super Bowl. Comfort is the most important thing to you. That's why you stayed as is. Before we came in here, came out. I was watching you over there on Unsportsmanlike on yes. ESPN Radio, and I heard what you were talking about, and I agreed with you completely. This is a unique year because not only was this team outcoached, yes. but there is a person out there. It's one thing to say that Jerry Jones doesn't want to start over again at the yes. age of 81, right? You start. There, most coaching changes would would constitute starting over. Mm -hmm. Hiring Bill Belichick would not constitute starting over. It would mean bringing in an elite game coach, an elite strategist, to take basically the roster you have, mm -hmm. a little tweak here, a little tweak there, yes. and try and win the Super Bowl everyone thinks they're good enough mm -hmm. to do. I am flabbergasted that he didn't do everything in his power to talk Bill into it. So when Shefty broke the news yesterday, I was immediately shocked. But then when I took a second to reflect, I said, you know what, this actually is in line with how Jerry Jones operates. He's not somebody who makes emotional decisions and rash decisions, um, especially when it comes to his head coaches. If the question is, is this a mistake? I think this is only a mistake to keep Mike McCarthy if Jerry Jones felt like, at this stage, I don't want to go through another regime change because I like that, that kind of turnover, I just don't want to deal with that. If that is the sole reason, then it's a mistake to keep Mike, it's a mistake to keep Mike McCarthy because the, the most unfulfilled, unhappy people that I know are the ones who are scared of the unknown, who are scared to break free of relationships or marriages or partnerships because they're like, you know what, isn't great, but I don't know what's out there and I'm just comfortable here. Now, if Jerry Jones firmly believes that Mike McCarthy has all the answers, he can fix the, the, the clock management, which we've been talking about since he came to Dallas. Um, if he can fix the defense, if he thinks that Mike McCarthy can figure it all out and he firmly believes that, God bless him, I hope he's right. But here's the problem. The, I don't think this team is far away from winning Super Bowl. I don't. I understand the QB. I understand the money that's involved. There's talent here. They draft well. It's a stable organization. But it's an organization that is wonderful at being successful in the regular season, and they haven't gotten over the hump. So something has to change. So if you're not changing the quarterback, you're not changing the head coach, then Jerry's approach in the offseason, to your point earlier, about how aggressive he needs to be, something has to be different. Well, it, it, it's not surprising to me, but I don't like the, the, the decision. And it's because, number one, the candidates that you have out there in the coaching ranks. When you look at a Bill Belichick who's available, you look at a Mike Vrabel who's available, and also a Jim Harbaugh. We're talking about three guys that can coach at an extreme level and had success previ previously at the stops that they were, right? And um, when I look at Jerry Jones, I think this move tells me comfortability. Mm -hmm. And I was always taught that, you know, when you're comfortable with something, you get complacent with things as well. And you're okay with just mediocrity. I think comfortability drives complacency in my opinion. And I think that's what we're, we're seeing right here with Jerry Jones. I understand Mike McCarthy and we're not saying that he's a bad coach. We know Mike McCarthy can coach football at a high level, but it's not about regular season wins. It's about winning the Super Bowl. It's about having an NFC championship appearance at least and having an opportunity to contend for a championship ring. Here's my thing with, with all of this, because 
I know Mike T's on t television tomorrow. He keeps sending me this text. Mike Tannenbaum is 36 is, is, wins. Well, let's show the tweet. Yeah. Just so we give it some. Look, the fact is that we're all on one side of this debate. There are people who feel differently. Mike Tannenbaum is another. He tweeted, this is the right decision. It's incredibly hard to win 36 regular season games. Yes. In three seasons. With that said, he needs to significantly improve upon his clock management, but his overall body of work is deserving of another year. I can also verify that Dan Orlovsky and Mike Tannenbaum are going back and forth on text because somehow I got involved in this. I'm, I'm uh, for some reason I'm on this chat. He's out of his mind. <laughs> it's going back and forth like crazy people. Okay, so is it hard to win 36 games over the course of three years in the NFL when you have? One, a quarterback who plays consistent top 10 football for the most part. Number two, three all pros on the offensive line. Number three, a young upcoming star at tight end in Ferguson. An offensive player of the year candidate in CeeDee Lamb. You have a defense that leads the NFL in takeaways. A defense that is a defensive player of the year candidate in Micah Parsons. Demarcus Lawrence is an absolute star. Trayvon Diggs is one of the best ball hawks in the defensive secondary. And Deron Bland broke an NFL record for pick sixes. Is it that hard to win 36 games over the course of three years when you have all of that talent? The question at the heart of this issue is what coaches overachieved and what coaches underachieved? Unequivocally, Dallas underachieved this year, last year, and the year before. Guess who overachieved? Detroit and Dan Campbell. Mm -hmm. Green Bay and Matt LaFleur. Yep. Kevin O'Connell in Minnesota. Matt Eberflus in Chicago, if we're being dead honest about the situation. Todd Bowles in Tampa Bay. Kyle Shanahan in San Francisco. We'll see what happens this weekend. And then Sean McVay in the Los Angeles Rams. Guess who underachieved? Arthur Smith in the Atlanta Falcons. Massively, yeah. What happened there? Fired. So don't talk to me about 36 wins. We've given you this roster. I saw Marcus tweet this. Now, dude, the roster's pretty stinking good. Did you overachieve or underachieve? Uh, no I, one's going to tell us that they overachieved. Uh, yeah, let, let's not, I, I, you're entitled to your opinion. What I'll say, let's not sell short the 12 wins. He did a good job yeah. in the regular season. Played but the point is, at some point, Washington the time, but, but at some point, the time comes to take another step, and he's proved in, incapable of doing it. And look, it's not just this. We talk about Jerry Jones and his unwillingness to make a change. We all know that he hasn't been in the NFC Championship game since 1997, yeah. right? In that time, the Cowboys have won five playoff games since 1997. The Cardinals have won six. The Jets have won seven. The Falcons have won eight. The Jaguars have won eight. The Panthers have won nine. All of those teams have won more playoff games than the Dallas Cowboys have since essentially Jimmy Johnson left for all intents and purposes. That's the truth. 26 other teams have made the uh, made a conference championship since the last time that the Cowboys well, were there. 26 teams 2016. have made oh. a conference championship since the last time the Dallas Cowboys. And the Cowboys. Houston Texans didn't even exist the last time the <laughs> Dallas Cowboys I mean, made the championship. But I will push back on one thing Harry said. I think Belichick is in a, in, is in a class by himself. Like I think Jerry Jones should have investigated whether Belichick would have been interested. I think that is a failing there. I don't put Vrabel and I don't put Jim Harbaugh on the same level as, as Bill Belichick, personally. So I think if you're Jerry Jones, to me it's like Belichick is a clear Super Bowl champion. Like I know this man sure. can get, knows how to build a championship roster and a championship team. But if he says, if Belichick, some back channel says, I'm not going to Dallas, I understand why you keep Mike McCarthy because it's like, you know what? I am guaranteed that we're going to win 13 games. I don't know. I don't know if Jerry Jones at this point, I don't know what other coach you bring in here that guarantees you 
the Super Bowl is the same way I, that you I look push at Belichick. Back because I watched Mike Vrabel go to an AFC championship mm. game and beat the number one seed, beat Belichick in New England mm -hmm. before he lost to Kansas City in Kansas City. When they were up, too. Yeah. So, so I will push back on that. And when I come, when you talk about Jim Harbaugh, we're talking about a guy that took a Michigan football team in which they needed to get back to national prominence. He was able to do that, beating Ohio State three years in a row, making the college football playoffs three years in a row, but then getting coach of the year, his first year in the National Football League, going to conference championship at the conference championship cool. before losing in yeah. the Super Bowl to his brother. Right. Listen, the, the decision is made. This is what they have to do. Number one, defensively, they have to build a defense that isn't strictly predicated on takeaways. They have to rebuild the spine. You got to get bigger at defensive tech, and you got to get inside linebackers, and you have to be able to play a suffocating style of football, not dependent on if we get takeaways or don't. If they get takeaways, they win. If they get, don't get takeaways, they lose. Number two, offensively, they have to build their scheme around multiple ways to win when when your, your, your right hook is taken away. I agree. You, you've got to be able to be versatile enough scheme-wise that and when a defense yeah. challenges, those are the two primary things outside of the personnel that has to happen. Now, look, I mean, I, I will just finish this part of the conversation by asking you the question. Did the Cowboys look ready in any way to play Absolutely that game not. on Sunday? Absolutely not. No. When a team comes out ready, and we not credit prepared. the coach. We always, ah, that's great coaching. Yep. When they're not ready at all, to play a game they absolutely on either side of the have football. won. On yeah. either side of the football. And Mike McCarthy's going to keep his job, and Dan Quinn's going to go get one. Go explain that to me. Coming up, the next big decision in Big D. Do they just bring Dak back, regardless of the money? That seems to be the direction they go, but what will it cost? Plus, we saw the power of love last weekend. Can he and the Packers pull off an upset in San Francisco? Dan Orlovsky tells me he won't be shocked if it happens, and they'll explain to you how. As we continue, let's get up on ESPN. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute. But Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder.
Back on Get Up on a day filled with enormous news, including this, as we've discussed much of the morning, Mike McCarthy coming back as head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. It also seems a certainty their quarterback, Dak Prescott, will be back. But that does not mean that our Marcus Spears doesn't still have questions about Dak. Here he was yesterday on Get Up. These are the situations where everybody's like, bro, we don't know who you are when you get here. Can you raise the level one or two times? Because that's what it takes to get to a Super Bowl. We see interceptions for pick sixes. We see a blank stare on his face like he don't know what is going on. It looks like the moment is too big for him. This is a, a consistent now response from Dak Prescott when he gets into the playoffs. So here's the bottom line of it. It, it, it Just speaking only for myself, it pains me to have to say the things that have to be said about Dak Prescott if you're going to give a fair an, uh, assessment. Because there's so much about him to love. He does all the off-the-field things exactly right. He is the stand-upest of stand-up guys. He clearly is a leader and the adult in the room on a franchise that sometimes desperately needs one. However, the reality is, the narrative on him, the accurate narrative, the accurate narrative on Dak Prescott is, he's been a very good player in the regular season, and he has come up small in the biggest games. And the only way that changes is if he changes it. I hope he does, Dan. But at this moment, that's the only reasonable assessment. Yeah, the word to associate with Dak Prescott right now after this weekend is butt. Really good player, but really good MVP season, but when, when you had to play the Packers who this year in defense were bad, you, you were really bad. Really good player, but you, you can't win that big game in the playoffs when you're going against a really good team or really good defense. I've said this before, Greeny. There's two different levels to quarterback play when we're talking about, like, starters, the top 12 or 15 or 18 in the NFL. Number one, when our team is beat up, when our team is depleted, can you carry us for some moments? Lamar Jackson has done that. Patrick Mahomes has done that. Josh Allen is doing that. And Joe Burrow has done that. The second thing is, when we're whole, when, when we're pretty darn healthy, can we go win a championship with you? Patrick Mahomes has done that. Joe Burrow has certainly gotten to that point. Lamar Jackson has the best opportunity that he's ever had to do that, as is Josh Allen. Dak Prescott has not done that yet. This team was whole this past year. They fell short again, in part because he played very poorly. This team was whole last year. They fell short, in part because his poor play. And that's where Dallas is in this state of purgatory, knowing we got a good player, but our good player never in a moment where we need to him, him to take the other good and make us great and champions, it hasn't happened. And until it does, for unfortunate reasons, like that's going to be attached to his name. There's good deck and there's bad deck. <laughs> like it, it, at this point, it is what it is. Like when you talk about him, the numbers are the numbers. He's two and five in the postseason. Yep. The regular season stats are impressive. He did have – Mike McCarthy, I imagine, sat in that meeting and said, I took over play calling, and look how Dak played. Best season of his career. Best season. Imagine what we can do when he and I run a bat. Because I, I, that's the only – like, that's the, honestly the only thing I think Mike McCarthy can say besides how many games they won in the regular season. But with Dak, you, you can't overlook the postseason stuff. But if you are Jerry Jones – Obviously, those numbers don't, the postseason numbers don't matter as much because he still has faith that Dak can win them a Super Bowl. 
I would hope, because why else would you keep this? They're kid? about to pay him an insane, I mean, I, I should not have said it that way. They're about to pay him an enormous amount of yeah. money. Yeah. That is the going rate for the top-level quarterbacks. Yeah. Now, there was a moment in time there, I remember, when we used to throw around the word elite all the time. That was the big question. Who are the elite quarterbacks in the league? I, I would wonder, if I would have put down a list, I've just been writing down names. Use said, win because of or win I, with. I said something earlier this morning, and, and Dan just sort of shot me a look. So here are the names. I believe there is one <laughs> level of players who are just, of the quarterbacks who are just atop everybody else. And they are Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, and Lamar Jackson. Put, put, the, put the three below Mahomes in whatever order you choose, but those are the guys. Mm -hmm. Now I'm just going to throw names at you. Would you rather have this player than Dak Prescott as your quarterback? Justin Herbert. Herbert. C.J. Stroud. Oh, Stroud. Stalen Hurts. Stalen. Depends on who the play caller is. I mean, I mean, Jordan. I think I would say Dak Prescott right now. Jordan Love. Love. Trevor Lawrence. I'll go Dak. Yeah. Tua Tungvaluwa. I'll go Dak. Brock Purdy. I go Purdy. And, and, and so, I mean, that, that's my point. Is that, that, so, now, what level are we actually talking about here? You got these young guns who are coming up all well, of a sudden. And then you got when C. the top – But to your Jordan point, though, Love. Brady, the, the, the thing that I can't get out of my mind is the last two years, including this year, you had a first-year starting quarterback in Jordan Love that played and outperformed Dak Prescott. Last year, you had a first-year player in Brock Purdy right. who made the plays when he needed to make the plays in a ball game, and, and Dak Prescott did And look at C.J. Stroud against one of the best defenses in the NFL last With week in his first coach. playoff yep. game. Mm -hmm. Stroud's a different yeah. animal compared to Dak. Well, but this is what I'm – so my point is that all these guys now are guys that but you're saying but, that you're going to attach so what, yourself to. So, but here's – this is where it goes. I remember vividly sitting with you at the t Super Bowl in Tampa Bay and this whole conversation. What do you do now if you're Dallas? Right. That's they, They've kind of like strung this whole situation on and, and forward. And again, nine and a half out of the ten things that you want out of your quarterback, Dak glows about. Like right. he's, he's the walking face of it. Mm-hmm. But they sit in this situation. That's why I said next year, this is what's going to happen. Next year, they're going to win 11, 12 games. They're going to be really good in the free regular season. And you're going to ask us on this show, is this the Cowboys' best chance? We're going to go, sure. You know, just like it has been the last three or four years. And then they're going to play in the playoffs. And we're going to break down all this football. And I'm gonna, and it's going to come down to, can he play his best game of the season? And it just hasn't happened. Dio, I, I don't know what it is. Because when I look at some of those plays versus the Green Bay Packers, like, why wouldn't you throw that ball to CeeDee Lamb on the corner route? How about that one? This instead of Brandon Cooks. Well, that's what I'm saying. You have the safety the, coming down to take same, that away. That pick is the same pick he threw in the playoff game against San Francisco last year. It's the same play. It's the same coverage. It's the same pick. Just San Francisco well, didn't what? to the house. I was re reviewing this film last night. Green Bay ran this coverage before that pick happened. Yeah, I just... They ran that play, that same coverage before that play happened. It, it, Marcus said it really well yesterday. When Marcus... And Marcus, is if we're being honest, has greased the Cowboys for the last, like, two years. Dead on. He said, when, for some reason, it's like when the lights get bright, it becomes too big for him. And I don't know why. At least in the, pro, the postseason, it is. History is filled with players like that. that. That's the truth. That are really good in the regular season? Yes, tons of them in all sports. The, 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 one, the way that players become the elite, the way that players become legends, is by elevating in the biggest moments. There are tons of players in sports history who have been great regular season players and then not take Taking that next step. Let, let's look. He's got half a career still in front of him. Hopefully, he's able to change that uh, narrative. But to this point, he has not. Chris Canty will jump in as we continue uh, as we roll on. And so, another chance for Mike McCarthy. Did Jerry Jones make a mistake? Chris Canty will offer. His
his opinion. We'll get his answer on that. But first, we will get Harry's answer on this. Here comes Sneaky Hembo for you, Harry. Which team has reached the NFC Championship game the most times since the Dallas Cowboys last did? That's the question. The answer is next. Get up on ESPN. Delicious, meat nutritious, and the snack that packs a real protein punch. Wonderful pistachios, one of the highest protein nuts out there. Each one-ounce serving has 6 grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Wonderful pistachios also come in a variety of flavors and sizes, perfect for enjoying with family and friends or taking them with you on the go. And you're on the go a lot, taking the kids to school, hopping from meeting to meeting, shopping for groceries. Well, the good news is, not only are wonderful pistachios a complete protein, providing all all nine essential amino acids, they're also great for all your adventures. So whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut, or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snacking game today. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. All right, we're back. Chris Canty's going to join us here for the conversation. But first, here are the rules. If Harry gets it right, we dance. If Harry gets it wrong, Hembo and Jack have something planned over there. Here's the question. Which team has reached the most NFC championship games since the Cowboys were last there? Okay, I'm going to go with a few organizations here. It can be three, in my opinion. You can only guess one. It can be the San Francisco, obviously. It can be the San Francisco 49ers. Right. It can be the Philadelphia Eagles. Or it can be the Green Bay Packers. Right. I'm going to go with the Green Bay Packers. The Green Bay Packers. She's seen it. That's correct. You thought you were going to dance today, Hembo? Not only that. You thought you were going to dance today, huh? He actually. Pretty good kick. I was nervous. He was so confident. I was like, He actually identified the right three teams. 
The Packers eight, the Niners seven, the Eagles seven. So that is almost correct. went Niners. Well done. Almost well, you're almost yeah, wrong. Yeah. Okay, so that's where we are now, Chris Canty. We want your opinion on this. The Cowboys are bringing back Mike McCarthy. That's one of several huge coaching situations that are very much in the news. We have been opining on it all morning long. I already know because you were in here the other day giving your opinion <laughs> where you're going to go. But for those who don't know, do you believe that Jerry Jones got this decision right? No, it's ridiculous. I don't know how you can continue to ignore the lack of postseason success, especially when there's a coach that's a clear and obvious upgrade from Mike McCarthy and Bill Belichick. And I'm not saying that McCarthy isn't very good. But based on the two resumes, I have more confidence that there is a head coach that can get to and win the big game without Hall of Fame quarterback play over the other one. And that will be the difference between where Belichick is versus where I view Mike McCarthy as a head coach. That's fair. And if it's just Belichick, I heard Kmart was on your show on Sportsman like on ESPN Radio before we came in here this morning. And I was watching that segment. And she said, if not Belichick, then I understand the decision. So let me phrase it that way. Shefty said... That, that there is no, there's no information that says that Jerry Jones reached out. Let's okay. live in a world where Jerry Jones couldn't get Bill Belichick. Okay. Th would that change your opinion on this being the right decision? Well, if it's a guy that's going to be my second choice, then I don't know if I have any conviction that that guy is going to break through the glass ceiling that has been the second round of the playoffs each of the last three years, right? You got bounced twice in the wild card round at home, and the one against Green Bay is the most egregious one because you're talking about the youngest playoff roster since 1974. But to Kmart's question, if it's not Bill Belichick, there's still a coach that I would view as an upgrade from Mike McCarthy and right now, and that's Jim Harbaugh. Like, he's out there in the ether. He's interviewing for NFL jobs. He just completed interviews with the Chargers and with the Atlanta Falcons. I mean, if, if, if Bill Belichick, if you can't get him for whatever reason, why wouldn't you go down the path of exploring Jim Harbaugh? I think either one of them looked like an upgrade this hiring cycle, and for Jerry Jones to value continuity over a coach that we believe is a potential upgrade to me is just, I guess it's, it's hubris and it's ego, and I feel like that is ultimately going to undermine his chances at being able to get one more Lombardi. I think there's value in continuity. I do. I think we make it a much bigger or give it a much greater value than in actuality it has. Houston completely blew everything up. They're playing this weekend. Mm -hmm. The Rams have completely overturned things because of coaches getting plucked, and they just have a really good coach and a really good quarterback. The, the whole thing of, well, continuity is going to be the, the driving force of our success, I don't necessarily buy into as the number one thing. I think, like, are you really good at coaching, and are you really good at the quarterback spot? If you have those two things in a supplementary roster – then you got a chance. I think the whole, like, Jerry Jones, you know, believes that, like, keeping Mike McCarthy at the, at, at the forefront and that's going to be the difference maker, I just don't think we have a lot of evidence to support that. Well, not only that. I mean, if you're looking at the four coaches who've been in their jobs for a really long time, the four places where you've had significant continuity in the NFL, it's been Bill Belichick, Mike Tomlin, Pete Carroll, and Andy Reid. Of those, only Reid has been in the Super Bowl in recent years. Bill was there before they lost Brady. So, okay, so there's the Cowboys piece of this. We've been on that all morning long. Then we turn to their arch rivals, which is the Philadelphia Eagles. Still no word on the fate of Nick Sirianni. We had Adam Schefter in earlier this morning. Here's what he told us. The Eagles are acting and have been saying that Nick Sirianni is going to be back, and he very well might be. But until we hear that from the owner, until the owner signs off on that, 
We do not know that officially because it's going to be Jeffrey Lurie's decision. Jeffrey Lurie is the same coach who fired Doug Peterson a few seasons after winning the Super Bowl. He's the same coach who fired Chip Kelly shortly after he was hired. So you don't know what Jeffrey Lurie is thinking. He didn't look pleased with the way the game went Monday night. How could he be? And so until Nick Sirianni sits down with Jeffrey Lurie and they discuss their ideas and discuss their vision for the team moving forward, we don't know what the final conclusion will be. That was Shefty earlier this morning on Get Up. Chris Canty, should the Eagles move on from Nick Sirianni? Yeah, and I think they will move on from him. If you've got to go into a pitch meeting with the owner when you've made the playoffs each of the first three years you've been there, and then one of those years being the Super Bowl, then that expresses that there's an issue. And the collapse that they experienced down the stretch the last two months of the season is absolutely inexcusable. It was a football team that didn't have any answers. And I want to sit here today, and I want to apologize to Nicky Bosa from the San Francisco 49ers because he said way back when, after they beat the Eagles in Week 13, we gave everybody the blueprint on how to beat the Philadelphia Eagles. And I thought... He was out of pocket for saying something like that, and he was absolutely right because they gave him the game plan, and the biggest indictment on Nick Sirianni, the coach, is that there were no adjustments to the game plan. There were no answers for the adjustments that teams were making to the version of the Philadelphia Eagles that they saw in the second half. It was the same Eagles team that we saw in September in terms of the schemes and the things that they were doing that we saw in the month of December and on into the playoffs, and to me, that is egregious, especially when you lose six of your final seven games. So the way the Eagles season ended, to me, is far more em embarrassing. Oh, most definitely. Than what, than what happened to the Cowboys, because you had two months of, uh, of a nosedive. And there's nobody, nobody seemed to take steer and, and, and pull the plane up from nosedive. And that, that's what I don't understand. The offense, people criticize Brian Johnson. This is Sirianni's offense. Sirianni didn't feel like changes needed to be made to it. In the offseason, he felt it was good. Um, the Matt Patricia decision, was that Sirianni's call? Was that somebody else? I don't know, but whoever that is, that was not the right move. Mm. And I think there are a lot of questions within the Eagles that need answering. And I think, I understand Mike McCarthy sitting in front of, listen, Mike McCarthy was able to tell Jerry Jones, yeah, I watched all, all the plays from, from last year. I watched everything. Lying through his teeth, but Jerry bought it. I don't know. I don't. I don't know what Nick Sirianni can say in this meeting that demonstrates. Aside from 11 months ago, I was in the Super Bowl because you watched two months of the same thing happening, and as you, as a head coach, couldn't. There was no effort. This that team looked flat. That was the tackling terrible, and and it was two months of that. I don't know how you can can defend that and say I have the answers to fix it. So your job as a head coach and also as, as coordinators is to make sure you put your players in the best positions possible to succeed. That was not the case for the Philadelphia Eagles. And I think, CeCe, we touched on this this morning a little bit. The part that rubbed me the wrong way the most is when Nick Sirianni got into a presser and, he, and someone asked him about, you know, Figuring, that, like, figuring out what's wrong. And he said, if I knew, we would, we would have it changed by now. Hmm. Why in the hell would you say that in a press conference out yeah. loud yeah, he to did. anybody? Yeah, he did. <laughs> it's he your did. job. Yeah. You yeah. get paid. That's, that's literally why you get paid to yeah. figure these issues out. Yeah, that's your job description. Not great. Not, not a great Not, not a great. great. Well, uh, Danny, I've heard so much about the coordinators. I mean, I, I can't take it anymore with the coordinators. Whenever any coaching, whenever a coach's team plays badly, it is, it is the, the buck stops there. 
I, if I keep here, if I, no one ever talks about Syria. It's always the offensive coordinator. Well, it's always the defensive coordinator. At the end of the day, the buck stops in only one. You play. can justify them moving on from Nick Sirianni with the way this season ended and the way their cape looks. It's not just coaching, though. They have to rebuild the interior of their defense. The linebackers and safeties have to get better. He's going to get given the opportunity to save his job. Who's his offensive coordinator? Who's his defensive coordinator? Will determine if Nick Sirianni is going to be the head coach or not. The offensive coordinator is a massive hire. Because remember, they gave Carson Wentz a gajillion dollars, and then within two years, he was gone. Yep. They just gave Jalen a gajillion dollars, and within a year, everyone's like, well, what's wrong with Jalen Hurts? Mm -hmm. I don't think Jalen Hurts is broke. I don't right. think he needs to be fixed, right. but you better hire the right guy. Right. Quick final word, Chris. Go. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. If you don't have any answers as a head coach, you lose the locker room, and you get the kind of effort that we... But he hasn't lost the locker room. Yeah, well, you say that. I don't care Probably. what they Guys say. I don't care what Fletcher Cox says. The time to stand up for your head coach is actually in okay. the games. I it's not that. in the postseason. Impressor after you embarrassed yourselves on Monday night against Tampa. That 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 is the reality of the yeah. situation. You said it yourself. They didn't look like a team that was rallying around anything on Monday night. Chris, you're the best unsportsmanlike ESPN Radio every single morning, coast to coast. As we continue, Mahomes, Allen, the weekend's biggest game, a rivalry rising in the ranks. I'll tell you exactly what is at stake. Why history could be made this weekend in that game. That's get up next. All right, the divisional weekend will start with us. Texans-Ravens, 4-15 Eastern on Saturday. Unbelievable quarterback matchup. All the action, ESPN ABC, ESPN Deportes, and ESPN Plus. That's the afternoon game on Saturday. Now, I asked Dan to do something for me on the evening game Saturday. San Francisco and Green Bay, and the quarterback, Jordan Love. Watching him, I cannot be the only person making the observation that he does what you've always told me quarterbacks are not supposed to do. He throws that ball falling back off yeah. his back foot all yeah. the time. How does he make it work? All right, so it's really their first snap of the game versus Dallas, and he has got that unique ability, Greeny, to physically be so good where while, yes, schematically or, or mechanically you sit there and go, you're fading away, that's not great. He's got two things that stand out for him in the oh. ability to do it, okay? Okay, number one, I want everyone to understand that there's got to be a background of baseball for him. Now, this is parts of this stuff that I do not love. I've talked about him mechanically all season long. Number one, I don't love the fact that Jordan Love a couple times gets to the top of his drop, and he's basically standing straight up, okay? That's not a great base if you have to play very sudden. Both of his feet are off the ground. I don't love that. Now, you get away with it at times, but can you against an elite fundamental pass rush like the San Francisco 49ers. Now, going to the throwing motion, two things are going to stand out. Number one, this is why he's got to say there's a baseball background because even though he is falling backwards here with his body, you see how that sidearm whip happens? I want everyone at home to think of a second base and shortstop, right? And that shortstop is getting to second base, catches it, and it comes from here. Jordan Love has a whip throw where that, that ball can get from his ear and it's a whip. He doesn't need his lower half to throw on a consistent basis. And the second thing is this, again, even though his body is moving backwards momentum-wise, he's what they call a rotational thrower. Jordan Palmer is great with this. Quincy Avery is great with this stuff. He doesn't necessarily push with his throwing motion. He rotates around his body to throw. So that's why even though momentum and mechanically you're sitting to go, there's flaws in that. 
the whip throwing motion and then the ability to rotate and throw, he doesn't need his lower half. Now, this is what I do know. Matt LaFleur, Kyle Shannon, all those guys, they love that quality in a quarterback because they think it allows you to throw in muddy pockets. That's what stands out. Jordan Love mechanically, while flawed still, has the ability when the pocket is bad or there's chaos around him, because he has that whip throwing motion and he's this rotational thrower, he's able to operate in that stuff. Now, let, let, let me say this. You love that stuff. Mm -hmm. It's an awesome quality. It's great. It's also a slippery slope because while you have moments and stretches where you can get away with it, when you play against great defenses and guys like Fred Warner who have great vision and stuff, you might think you can and you do it when it's not needed and it also can become the reason why you struggle, you turn the ball over, or it's a fatal flaw. That's so well done, and I'm so glad you did that. I asked Dan all the way back to Monday about this, because I can't be the only fan who's watching that game thinking, he's about to throw a pick. Right. This, is, this ball is going to get intercepted, and then it winds up being a dart exactly where that, he wants. He's in that, like, that, that utopia world where nine out of ten times, nine and a half out of ten times, it works out, and you're just... You're holding your breath for a moment when it doesn't. He's so talented. All right, that's really well done. Thank you. I want to turn to something else now. One of the AFC matchups I think is fascinating. But the long and storied history of pro football has been defined by playoff rivalries between legendary quarterbacks. When I was growing up in the 1970s, that rivalry was Terry Bradshaw and Ken Stabler in the AFC. They met in five consecutive postseasons from 72 through 76. Stabler replaced Darrell LaMonica in the game in 72. That was the one that ended in the immaculate reception. Bradshaw won three of the five meetings. Two of those culminated in Pittsburgh winning Super Bowl titles. You fast forward a generation or so. The next one that really marked the NFL was Brett Favre and Steve Young, the next great quarterback rivalry. The Packers and Niners met in the playoffs four straight years, 95, 96, 97, 98. Favre won three of those, the second of which led to Green Bay's first championship since 1967. Then, of course, the rivalry that marked the most recent era of pro football, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning. They met a record five times in the playoffs between 03 and 2015. Brady's Patriots won the first two. Peyton won the last three. Two of those came with the Broncos. The winner of that game wound up winning the Super Bowl four out of five times. So why do I mention this? Because this Sunday we get Patrick Mahomes versus Josh Allen for the third time in the playoffs. This one's in Buffalo for the first time. We know that Kansas City eliminated the Bills, each of the first two. The second of which Allen walked off the field with a three-point lead with 13 seconds remaining. And that is why I have been repeatedly saying that Josh Allen has everything in the world at stake this weekend. Look at the numbers he has put up. He has basically been Mahomes' equal in these meetings, in the playoffs. But what they've not gotten is the biggest piece of it. They've not gotten the win when they need one. And so if he is going to stake a claim to being Mahomes' rival in this era, this generation, this is his chance to do it. Here's what I mean by this, guys. Right now, there are three legitimate rivals or three candidates to be the rival to Mahomes. Mahomes is the immortal of this generation. At this moment, there is no question of that. Joe Burrow has a legitimate claim. He's beaten Mahomes in his building. Lamar Jackson has a legitimate claim. He's about to be a two-time MVP, and he may well win the Super Bowl this year. Allen has no proof. Allen has nothing he can stand on beyond the belief of some people, and I'm one of them, that he's legitimately that good. This is his chance to prove it. That's why I say, Kmart, everything is at stake for Josh Allen this Sunday. And Josh Allen knows it.
Because Josh Allen has told me, I know what, what's said about me. I know people think that all I do is turn the football over, and I don't care because I know my talent. But to your point, it's not just about talent. We talked about how you can be talented in the NFL, but it's about those moments. This is a moment for Josh Allen. He finally gets Patrick Mahomes on his home turf at a time where the Kansas City Chiefs, they're not that, that – they used to have this aura where it's like, ah, oh, damn, we got to play the Chiefs. Like, ah. Uh. It's different now. And the fact that the Bills, unlike a lot of teams at 6-6, six and six, they were buried. But they figured it out over the last month and a half. They figured out how to fix this offense. And for Josh to understand, he can be Superman at, in moments, but he doesn't have to be Superman for 60 minutes. Yeah, that's why I think it's important Joe Brady is his offensive coordinator right now to take a lot of that pressure off Josh Allen. This is the biggest game of his career. Uh, and the reason why I don't have him right now as that quarterback robbery uh, with Patrick Mahomes is because of a guy named Joe Burrow. And Joe right. Burrow having the opportunity to actually beat Patrick Mahomes in the AFC Championship game and make it to a Super Bowl. But you look at the stakes and you look at a Kansas City Chiefs team, and, and Dan, you spoke about this a few weeks ago. This is the most beatable Kansas City has been since these two have faced off in the playoffs. So you have them at home on your field in, in, in Buffalo, New York. Uh, it's going to be cold, but, hell, Kansas City just played a game with negative 30 uh, wind chill. Yep. So they're going to be all right in those regards. You should be able to get this done. But I don't think it's going to be as easy as a lot of people think so because of the injuries defensively mm -hmm. for the uh, Buffalo. There's no reason to think any of this will be easy. In the meantime, Mahomes, of course, is the unquestioned great of this generation. I know, Dan, you have some tape on him as well because the idea that anyone would count out a team that has a good defense and has this guy playing quarterback is ridiculous. Talk to me about what you're seeing in Mahomes right now. What Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, and Matt Nagy have done is really identified going into the playoffs. Like, this is where we're weak. And we're going to make sure that the weakness doesn't beat us. And then we're going to build into some of the strengths. So 12 personnel, they're playing with more tight ends. Two guys. The second thing is they're chipping those tackles. And then they're saying, hey, Travis Kelsey, you have the best feel when it comes to pass catchers in the NFL. And Kelsey does a great job of seeing where the bad guys are. We call those defenders. And instead of running towards color, sitting away from it. And Patrick and him really have started to get back onto that same page. This time, 12 personnel again. One back, two tight ends. They motion Travis out to create a matchup. That's Pacheco. He's going to pass protect now. They fake it to a wide receiver. And again, you're going to see this three-level concept for Kansas City all, see, or all game long. And there's Kelsey again, seeing bad defenders. And instead of running towards them, fitting it into that window by Patrick Mahomes and him and being on that same page. That's going to be a huge part. 13 personnel. We talked about those receivers. They can't catch. Well, great. We'll put tight ends on the field. Four strong. Guys, it's the same pass concept consistently. A flat route, a hook route, and a corner route or a pylon route. And this time, Patrick sees, okay, go deep because of that trailing man coverage. Huge part of this game is how Buffalo defensively defends the tight end group from Kansas City and how Kansas City helps those tackles and pass rush. Let me say this about this matchup, okay? We're blessed and, and lucky that we get this. Yeah. He's got a chance to write the story of I might be the greatest Buffalo Bill ever in this next two or three weeks. All due respect to Jim Kelly. Jim Kelly never won it. Never got it done. Yeah. Every, he's been the biggest lightning rod in the NFL this year. He is in that, that state where people want to see him fail. And if you are a Bills fan, you think the world of him. He's got the, a chance this weekend to knock off the, the, the champion. That guy, you got to go through him. every, And he's one of the two or three guys that can. That can do it, yeah. 
Yeah, I think what's unique about Kansas City is, like, they, they have identified their team and the guys that they can count on. Yeah. So you put more tight ends on the football field. Rasheed Rice is a guy that Patrick Mahomes can trust yeah. and also Travis Kelsey. You've seen that in the first game versus the Miami Dolphins. Look, it, they're all, all the matchups this weekend have oh, all the so makings. Good. But this is the one that I think will define a lot of what this generation of football turns out to be. Meanwhile, it's been a very good week for that guy. And by that guy, I mean Stephen A. Smith. Don't miss his reaction to the news from Dallas with Molly and Orlovsky and Kmart and more. First take, top of the hour. Get Up is brought to you by Walgreens. Don't miss the good action tonight. Number 10, Memphis has won 10 straight, hosting USF 7 Eastern on ESPN and the ESPNF. Harry, this has been so much fun. You want to go do radio with me? Of course I do. All right, we'll be on ESPN Radio Coast to Coast in 60 seconds. First take starts now.